hearts are filled with expectation. They are filled with love and a passion for you. We have a hunger and a thirst that only you can satisfy. Lord, we enter this moment with anticipation. We know that in your presence, bodies are healed, broken dreams are restored, and lives are transformed. Because with you, all things are possible. Lord, we say, as we worship, you are welcome here. Consume us. Change us. Give us visions and dreams. Give us your heart for the nations. Give us your heart for this generation. And Father, let our generation arise and demonstrate the kind of selfless faith that will change the world. Let a generation emerge that will manifest your love in the earth so that all will come to know you. As we worship, let your presence fill this room. Release signs, wonders, and miracles. We'll be changed. We expect an encounter with you. And we know we'll never be the same as we worship. As we worship. As we worship. For wisdom and not reason When you pray Let his name be 
Battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special, and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, 
and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan who is the of this world. The world around me is not my home and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you, for it is nothing more than a gateway to hell, 
and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if somebody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan, and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences, and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. 
In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do. And the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life. Through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day, 
as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrifice has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. 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 Amen and good evening and welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing End Time Bible Study. So get your Bibles ready. It's time again. Yes, time again. I tell you, it's a time again for brothers and sisters in Christ to unite together and praise and Lift his name up, read his word, get to know him better through his word. It's that time again. What a time, what a time. Amen. So we're going to be talking about visions of hope from Zechariah. That's another minor prophet. These minor prophets were really powerful, wasn't it? Well, you know, uh, those prophets is the one that God gave his word to. Uh, mm-hmm. Take it out and and tell the people, let the people know what God wanted. Amen. And they did just that. They yes, took, they did. They took the gospel, they took the word to the people, and they, they spoke to the people like God spoke it to them. 
That's right, sure did. So we're going to start off in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 10. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 10 says, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, you shall invite each man his neighbor under his own vine and his own fig tree. Hmm. Yes. Look forward to that. Well, yes. That each man until his own fig tree, right? Bunny, the fig tree. So I'm looking forward to that. Like what you say. I'm looking to be fun. Now, there's two fig trees. I want to be a fun one that bear good fruit. Nah, yeah. I, I, I want to make that understood. Don't want to be cut down. When yeah. you get to heaven, you ain't got to worry about the other fig okay. trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Zechariah's name means the Lord remembers. He began his ministry as a prophet, special messenger, for a few months after Haggai began his ministry. Uh, through several visions, Zechariah learned God's plan for the present and the future. So God's eternal kingdom was coming soon, but the prophet called upon those who lived in his time to serve the Lord immediately. So a good part of the book is about how the people were to serve him. So we're going to study what the Lord has shown us through Zechariah. All right. All right. So we're going to go to Zechariah. Chapter 1 and verse 3. All right. Chapter 1 and verse 3. Okay. Therefore says to them, the Jews of this day, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. It is the utterance of the Lord of hosts. Wow. So, the return to Israel was Israel from slavery in Babylon causes joy in the hearts of the Jewish people. But the return also caused some worry for them. Will they be safe in their land or will enemies come again to bother them? Has God forgiven their past unfaithfulness or will he continue to punish them? So what does the future hold for God's chosen people and for the nation? So let's look at uh, well, verse he, 12 in Zechariah 1. Yeah, he just told them to turn back to him. And, and he, then, he just said, I, Return he, to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. Yeah, he's saying, he said, if you return to me, I will I'm return to you. I mean, I will protect you. I will take care of you. We'll go ahead and let, read that and, and, and see what he's saying. But he's letting them know, if you return to me, I will return, return to you. you. I will take care of you. I will protect you. I'll, don't worry about it. I got your back. If you come back. If we return back to him. Okay, let's read that. I'll so in Zechariah 1, verse 12, we're going to verse 12 now okay. in Zechariah 1. All right. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy and loving kindness for Jerusalem and the cities of Judah? 
against which you have had indignation these 70 years. Wow, 70 years. So in his vision, Zechariah sees the angel of the Lord move to act for Judah. And that's um, so yeah. in the Bible, this question often is used by the people when they ask the Lord help. Let's look in Psalm 74 and 10. All right. Okay. 74. And verse 10. And verse 10. Okay. Oh God, how long is the adversary to scoff and reproach? Is the enemy to blaspheme and revive your name forever? Wow. So they were saying that, like you said, that's how the people... Ask for help then. For Zechariah, the answer to the question comes directly through the angel. Yes. And that's something. Um, that's something. I'll tell you, God is good. So the angel then passes the answer on to the prophet. It is an answer that promises God's kindness and comfort. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Zechariah 1 again, yet going to verse 14. Okay. Zechariah 1 and verse 14. Okay. So the angel who talked with me said to me, Cry out, thus says the Lord of hosts, and I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. Wow. Great jealousy. So jealousy can be negative, but in the Bible, it also can express God's love. Isn't that something? Yes, it is. That, and we know that jealousy can be such a negative when it's out here in the world. But in the Bible, it shows God's love. So God's love, God loves his people and expects them to be what? Faithful. Faithful to him. Yes. Yes, he does. So God shows his love for Jerusalem by being angry with the nations that have treated his people so unfairly. So the full charge against the nations is that they have made God angry by going too far in their cruel treatment of his people. Wow. Wow. God means business. He means business. Don't mess with his people. Better watch how you treat God's people. Because you, you don't know who is God people. Wow, that and is the not truth. God people. So you better be, that's what God said, be kind to everybody. Because you just may be what? Entertaining an angel. angel. That's, that's right. right. We're in Zechariah 1. Let's read 15, 16, and 17. Okay. And I am very angry with the nations that are at ease. For while, for while I was but a little displeased. They help for the affliction and disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with compassion, loving kindness, and mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem with a view to rebuilding its walls. Crying yet again, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My city shall yet again overflow with prosperity, 
and the Lord shall yet conquer Zion and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Mm. Wow. So in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 15 through 17 shows that God has been angry with his people, but he promises to repay them with comfort. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. So Zechariah is supposed to preach that God's purpose is to return to Jerusalem with mercy. With mercy. So the Lord will conquer Zion while he while his anger will be directed to his enemies. So Jerusalem will be restored, made new, and it will be the home of the Lord again. Now that is some hope and that is a beautiful vision. That is not just hope. That's a promise. That's a promise. That's, a, that's not just hope. That's that is a promise. promise. That is a promise from the Heavenly Father. Well, that's it's right. A, it is. That's, that's a guarantee. That's that a is, guarantee. Yeah, that's a guarantee right there. Amen. So when you look at Zechariah 1 and, and 3, how does someone return to the Lord? Um, therefore, says to them, the Jews of this day, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. It is the utterance of the Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. So in what way is God asking for a restored personal relationship with his people? How do we return to the Lord every day? Well, Zechariah 2. We're going to read Zechariah. A little bit of Zechariah 2. Okay. Zechariah 2. All right. Because I think the thing that we got we need to understand is returning back to God. Zechariah 2, starting with verse 1, says, And I lifted up my eyes and saw and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is its breadth and what it is its length. And behold, the angel who talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him. And he said to the second angel, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited, and dwell as villages without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. For I say, for I, says the Lord, will be to her a wall of fire round about, and I will be the glory in the midst of her. Ho, ho, hear and flee from the land of the north, says the Lord, and from the four winds of the heavens. For to them have I scattered you, says the Lord. Escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughters of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, After his glory have sent me his messengers to the nations who plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple or the pupil of my eye. Wow. Wow. That's powerful, man. So... It describes in Zechariah 2 the vision of a renewed Jerusalem. The city is so full of people that they overspread the city walls. 
And the new Jerusalem will attract countless Gentiles, which is non-Jews. But this must have sounded very strange to the Jewish people. So when you read in verse 10, it says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come, and I will do well in the midst of you, says the Lord. So then it is followed by the reason for being joyful, the personal coming of the Lord to live among his people. Now that's something to rejoice right yes. now because right you know now. what's going to happen. That's right. Because <laughs> you know what's going to And that's a promise. That's you a can, promise. You can, you can live on that. Mm. You can live on that because you know it's a promise. It's going to happen. No, maybe. You already claimed it. That. You can claim that. You can claim God that. God said it's going to happen. It will. It will come to pass. That's why he said rejoice now. Rejoice now. Celebrate. That's Sing celebrate. and praise the Lord. That's right. And you know, um, just like what we was just reading about, the Lord's dramatic return to live in his rebuilt house is a reason, like we just said, for praise from the people who have returned from Babylon. Zion, the home of the great king, is called the daughter of Zion. Well, this name is the prophet's way of describing God's love for his people. Zion is invited to be joyful because the Lord himself will take care of his people. Amen. 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 He said the word. Amen. He wow. said the word right there in his word. Yes, he, he told did. him that he would take care of his people. Another promise. Another promise. And God said it, it will happen. It will happen just like he told you it would. All That's we right. have to do is turn. Return back. Turn back to him. So, you know, anyone who touches God's people touches the people he holds most dear. Amen. The apple of his Goodbye. eye. Wow. So the prophet said that on the day of the Lord, many non-Hebrew nations would accept the Lord's covenant, his promise. Mm. God's first plan was that the people of the surrounding nations would see how Israel served the true God and that they would see that Israel was blessed in life with success and comfort because of this service. In this way, they will be led to join themselves to the Lord. Then the faithful Jews and the believing Gentiles will together become one people. Mm -hmm. So when the Lord will be among them, this event will fulfill and will complete God's promise to Abram and Sarai. The promise is that all the nations of the world will be blessed. Amen. Let's look at that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, because he said that in the very beginning. Genesis, I mean chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Okay. Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself. For your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. 
and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you who confer prosperity or happiness upon you and curse him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. In you will all the families and the kindreds of the earth be blessed and by you they will bless themselves. Amen. Wow. That's powerful. That, that is. Powerful. So the promise is that all the nations will be blessed because of the faithfulness of their future children. Hmm. That ought to tell you something. That ought to let you know that God is real and he's not playing. If you want a blessing, you want to be blessed. He just told you what he you have to do. Mm -hmm. you know, but he didn't say no maybe while I think about it. Well, let's give it a try. He told you what you have to do to be blessed. And blessings will come through you and they will go out. And he spoke that to Abram before he became Abraham. I know. He sent him out of his country. That's right. Away from his relatives and kindred and all of them. And look how he was blessed. Amen. Look and he's not he even blessed. finished. That's right. So let's go to Romans in the New Testament, chapter 15. Yes. Starting with verse 9. We're going to read a little bit of that. All right, let's uh, Romans chapter right. 15, 15, okay. starting with verse 9. All Excuse right, me. we got it, let's go. And also, in order that the Gentiles nation might glorify God for his mercy, not covenant it to them. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, along with his own people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people praise him. And further, Isaiah says, There shall be a sprout from the root of Jesse, he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope, and many may the God of your hope. This is verse 13. So fill you with all joy and peace and believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Mm -hmm. Amen. So personally, Amen. I am satisfied about you, my brethren, that you yourself are rich in goodness, amplified uh, amply filled with all spiritual knowledge and com competent to admonish and counsel and instruct one another also. Still, on some points, I have written to you the more boldly and unreservedly by way of rem reminder. I have done so because of the grace, the unmerited favor bestowed on me by God. Wow, let's continue. We're going to go to verse 18. Yes. And making me a minister of Christ, Jesus to the Gentiles, 
I act in priestly service of the gospel, the good news of God, in order that the sacrificial offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable to God, consecrated and made holy by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then I have legitimate reason to glory in my work for God and what through Christ Jesus I have accomplished concerning the things of God. For, of course, I will not venture presume to speak thus of any work except what Christ has actually done through me as an instrument in his hand to win obedience from the Gentiles by word and deed. Wow, what a right. prophecy. What prophecy, man. So through Zechariah's prophecy, God promises not to destroy the nation. He promises to include them among God's people. Wow. So the promised future is the result of God's own plan. Amen. And it was the long-time wish of many Bible prophets. Yes, it was. Now, I didn't realize Zechariah was one of them. Oh, yes. That is so powerful, and yes. I love that. You know, as we continue to read the word and get more and more understanding, it makes you, and it's like, oh, wow, how powerful he was. Yes. And so many other minor prophets when we start studying about it. Because man, no, they're not so minor. They're not so minor after all, are they? <laughs> hey, man, I like this. Yes. And, you know, um, Jesus Christ commanded his church to preach to the whole world the good news of salvation for everyone in Jesus, but only if they accept it for themselves. Mm, the apostle right. teacher Paul calls this plan of the Lord the mystery hidden for long ages past. Let's look at that in Romans 16.25. Romans chapter 16 and verse 25. 1625. Okay. 16 verse 25. All right. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Okay. Now to him who is able to strengthen you in the faith, which is in accordance with my gospel and the preaching of concerning Jesus Christ the Messiah, According to the revelation, the unveiling of the mystery of the plan of redemption, which was kept in silence and secret for long ages. Wow. Wow, yeah. So this was spoken of in the very beginning. Well, you know, God, that's the purpose. God and his mercy. That's the purpose of the old and new. It is, absolutely. I mean, they have to go together. There's yes. no way you can separate them. You can't separate those two books. There's no way you can separate them. Amen. I mean, one tells the story, and the other one fulfills the fulfilling of what was already told. Was already told. It's saying, yes. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. From long time oh, past. Oh, yes. You've got to have them both because one is a witness for the other one and the other one is a witness for that. So, in other words, the two witnesses, the Old oh, and the New Testament. Oh, yes. 
Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. So let's, let's let's take a break and go to a song because you know what? This this is powerful because you know what? That's why the word encourages you. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time Bible study.
Self, Donald Lorne, and the Tri-City Singles. I love that song. Because you do have to encourage yourself yes. in the Lord sometimes. Yes, you do. Because the world is not going to do it. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful, Jesus. The world is going to be a kiss. Sure will. Because yes. you have to encourage yourself in the word in the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, if you just joined us, you're listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study. Study. And we're talking about visions of hope through Zechariah. So, this time, we're going to read a little bit in Zechariah 3, starting with verse 1. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the guiding angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord, who now and habitually chooses Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this return? Captive Joshua, a brand plucked out of the fire. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. And he spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, Behold, I have called your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. Amen. Amen. That's us. Amen. That's us. Amen. And mm -hmm. I, Zechariah, said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with rich garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly and earnestly protested and affirmed to Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk, come on now, mm. if you will walk in my ways in my and way. keep my charge, mm. then also shall you rule my house and yes. have charge of my courts, and I will give you access to my presence and places to walk among these who stand here. Wow. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yes, it is. So how is the gospel showing you? Well, you know, also, when except for Isaiah 53, no part of the Old Testament better shows the wonderful truth of salvation by faith, along with Zechariah 3. Zechariah 3 is so powerful about what the devil tried to do. Oh, yes. Joshua was, a, yes. was a, a brand plucked out of fire. All right. So, That's what I'm told. You got to watch that enemy. Oh, man. You got to watch it. So in this vision, the high priest Joshua is being tried on charges by the devil, Satan. These charges against the high priest are also against the nation that Joshua represents. See, the name Joshua, also spelled as Yeshua, means the Lord saves. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 and read oh, that. Okay. In the New Testament, we're going to Matthew. Oh, Mr. Chapter Matthew. 1. 1, oh, 
Okay. Verse 21. 21. Right there. Let's get in. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, the Greek form of Hebrew, Yahshua, Joshua, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins, that is, prevent them from failing and missing the true and true end and scope of life, which is God. Now you can't believe in someone that did all that for you. And it, uh, it can also be spelled Jesus. Yes. So it's Joshua, Yeshua, and Jesus. That's powerful. That's because powerful. He saves. Say, Lord, say, well, that's his name. Say, amen. Amen. Yeah, say, there you go. So, in the Bible, you stand on the right side of someone if you want to what defend yeah. and protect him or her when he or she is facing what charges. Mm -hmm. So, the writer Psalm says, um, let's go to Psalm 16 and verse 8. I know we're back and forth, but it, 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 it's all right. We, Psalm 16. And chapter 8. 16 and verse 8. Okay. Chapter 16 and verse 8. All right, read that. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. So all there right. it is. There it is. There and it I will is. not be shaken because he's at my right hand. So, in this case, Satan is doing just the opposite. Let's look at Psalm 109, 6. All right. 109, 6. Let me see. 109. 109, 6. Okay. We got it. Let's get Oh, yeah. Set a wicked man over him as a judge and let a malicious accuser stand at his right hand. So, mm. the devil is on the left. Again, we got to remember the judge is on the right. Let's read Psalm 44 and 3. 44 and 3. All right. For they got not the land of Canaan in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance did it because you were favorable towards and did delight in them. So remember, right, I like that. That's powerful because that's the defending part, that's which right. is God which defends and Jesus defends us. That's, that's right. You got to remember that Joshua is standing before God for the people, but Satan is bringing charges against the people for their sinfulness. So the Lord refuses to accept the charge. Well, you know, he, he brings it here. He brings he's charges, accused of the brethren. Day and yeah, night. He's trying to tell Jesus we're not worthy uh -huh. to go ahead and let him have us because we're not going to do right and we never will. Mm -hmm. That we're sinners and there's going to be him wasting his time with us. And, and he's trying to convince the Lord to withdraw his, his uh, his mercy, mercy and, and, love. And, and love, and God said, no, 
But you know what he does? The Lord reminds Satan that in his mercy, he already has chosen Joshua. Yes. And his people already have suffered the full effect of his punishment. Yes. So Joshua and the small group of Jewish people were rescued from long slavery in Babylon as a burning stick is rescued from a burning fire. Well, he, he's, wow. not, he's not thinking. Why wouldn't God send his only son to the cross for people that mm -hmm. he don't think he don't think that is worthy of, of being exactly. uh, why, why? So Satan is just wasting his time. That's why we have a choice to choose who he wants to serve. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. God knew. He already knew. He already knew. And that's, so that's right. we have a choice. It's not something that is like Satan will force you. God said, no, I love you enough. I'm going to give you a choice and let you choose. Amen. And Let's so, also look at uh, Amos. Yeah. Amos. We're going to Amos chapter 4 and verse 11. Amos. A-M-O-S. All right. Let me get here. Amos. I have. Chapter 4 and verse 11. Okay. We got it. Let's go to verse 11. And Amos is powerful too. It says, I have overthrown some among you as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a brand plucked out of the burning, yet ye did not return to me, says the Lord. So Joshua's clothes represents his people's sin. His clothes are taken off of him at the command of the angel of the Lord, and he is cleansed and then given the new clothes of salvation and righteousness. Amen. Amen. Finally, Joshua is commanded to do God's will and to walk in his ways. If he is faithful, this will lead to God's many blessings. The high priest cannot defend himself or his people from Satan's charges. He does not claim that Israel is free from fault. Joshua's dirty clothes symbolize stand for the sins of the people. So as their representative, Joshua stands before the angel, confessing their guilt. But he also points to their repentance for sins. He also depends upon the mercy of a sin-pardoned Savior. Amen, Jesus. That's <laughs> yes, right. Yes, yes. So in faith, Joshua claims the promises of God. Amen. We have to remember that. We, you know... That's something, you know, because Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, that's that's something to think about. We are all are a brand plucked out of the fire. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So let's go to Zechariah now, chapter 4. Yes, we all are. Four, okay. And... We're going to read some of that as well. So, and the angel who talked with me came again and awakened me like a man who was waking out of his sleep. 
and said to me, What do you see? Now I said, I see and behold a lampstand all of gold with this bowl for all on the top of it and its seven lamps on it. And there are seven pipes to each of the seven lamps which are upon the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of it, feeding it continuously with oil. So I asked the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he said to me, This addition <clears throat> of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a uh, ceaseless supply of oil, from the olive trees is the word of the Lord to Sabbabal. How you pronounce that? Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to mess up that name, but saying, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, of whom the oil is a, a symbol, saith the Lord of hosts. We got to talk about that. Oh, yeah. All right. I tell you that our God is good and we know he's good. We can read his, his word and I tell you he has been on time for his people. He's always been on time. He's always done good and he never made a promise to any of them and he did not keep it. If he said he would, he did what he said he was going to do and his people would Stand on it, even though what it looked like it was, and it wasn't what it looked like it wasn't, it was because God put in word, and when He spoke it, it came to they did not have to worry. And those that did not obey Him, whatever He said was going to happen to them, it happened. So you can stand on God's word. Mm -hmm. You can, if you're obedient, you can stand on it. And if you're disobedient, you can stand on it. You know, <clears throat> I think I got choked up on that word, bubble bath. But you know, that's a powerful saying right there. He's saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit of whom the all is a symbol saying the Lord of hosts. Amen. So, you know, Zachariah sees a lampstand fed by two olive trees. This reminds us of the candlesticks that are located in the holy place of the wilderness, remember? Yes. And now of the house of God. That was in Exodus chapter 25. And you can read that in 41, 31 through 40. The seven lamps are placed around a large bowl, which is where the oil is stored. The bowl is filled with plenty of oil, which we just said it symbolizes the fullness of God's power through his spirit. The seven lamps shine with
with plenty of light. <clears throat> and they are a symbol, a word picture of God's presence, which removes all darkness. The olive oil is directed from the trees to the bowl of oil at the top of the lampstand without any human help. Mm. In right. the same way, God's power never stops and also needs no help to do his work. Amen. Never Amen. needs no human help to do his work. God don't need us <laughs> at all. No, he don't. He don't need us at all. Here's what we got to remember. Zechariah is a minor prophet, but what he's seen was the future. He's seen so much. And I love the vision of hope <clears throat> that he had talked about in Joshua and all that. What a blessing he was. So also, that is also referring to us. We want, We also are a brand plucked out of the fire. But if we would go by his statues <clears throat> and do what's right, he will help us too. Oh, well, yes, that's obedience, as I said before. Yes. Is the key. He would, he would help us, guide us, lead us, teach us. He would be there for us. There would be nothing we have in his name that we wouldn't receive. If we feel obedience, see that obedience is the key. He said, if you love me, you will obey. That is that is the key to the whole thing. Is being obedient to God's word. If we're obedient, there will be nothing, nothing that we have in his name that we shall not receive. That's the promise. That's the promise he gives us. If we obedient to his word, there will be nothing we have in his name that we wouldn't receive. Amen. If, if, if it's what his will is. Now, we can't, <clears throat> we can't ask anything against his will and expect to receive it because it won't happen. Mm -hmm. Okay? Amen. So we just want to thank you for joining us tonight right here on LBJ. 64, and we're going to play a song and come back with closing comments, prayer, <clears throat> and our email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64. Just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was drawn to what I could not understand. And for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing that what He'd have me be is who I am. As I've come to see the of me I realized his grace is what I'll need 
Thank you, Jesus. So in our closing comments tonight, in his own strength, man cannot meet the charges of the enemy. He stands before God in his sin-stained clothes. But Jesus, mercy Jesus, our lawyer, defends all who promise to dedicate their souls to him. He fights for them by his sacrifice on the cross. Jesus defeats Satan. Amen. Amen. So Jesus' perfect obedience to God's law has given him all power in heaven and in earth. And he claims from his father mercy and forgiveness for guilty men. To Satan, Jesus says, the Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. These are mercy. These are purchase of my blood. Sinners taken from the burning. And to those who depend on him in faith, Jesus gives a promise. I have taken your sin away. I have put, I will put fine clothes on you. Amen. Amen. And now we have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help. We humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Thank you, thank you for always joining us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. for End Time Bible Study. And you have a wonderful and blessed week. And if you um, have prayer requests or also a Bible question, you can always email us at r-o-b-t-g-i-n-a-50 at gmail.com and have a wonderful and blessed night. Be blessed.